episode 24 of the Shock Jogniks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. Sean St. Jacques here with you again for another week of Knicks Hoops. Very excited to get back at it with you guys. Another long week for yours truly. Been trying to manage the holiday season along with work and things like that. Just like you guys have been as well. But I'm excited to get back on the saddle this week. A lot to talk about with the Knicks. Uh, A lot to dive into this week. I don't even know where to start. You know, it was interesting last week. Kind of going through the pros and the cons of keeping Fizdale, firing Fizdale, what the Knicks need to do, what the Knicks should do, what the Knicks have set themselves up to do going forward. And of course, how it always seems to be when you do a podcast, a taped uh, kind of show most of the time, that's how it's set up, obviously. And of course, as soon as I send out my podcast, for those that know, first of all, Another shout out to you guys. You guys have continued to listen during the holiday season, not only to my show, but both shows on the podcast network. We really appreciate you guys week in and week out supporting the show, giving your thoughts on the show as well, and also be, you know participating with us during the show or, or rather in the comments after the show and things like that and for our Q&As and things like that. My plan is to, is to do a holiday Q&A in a couple of weeks before uh, the Christmas holiday. So hopefully you guys will be able to send me your thoughts there as well. I'm excited for that and more going forward into the new year, into 2020. So I'm excited about that. Hopefully you guys will be along for the ride on the posting and toasting podcast network and on the shock shock Knicks podcast as well. But anyway, so after I put the show out Fridays at 9am, for those that are unfamiliar with the show, or you're just hopping on the bandwagon now, this has been, uh, or that rather, that's the day the, the show, the day and time the show goes out. I normally record the show either the night of or earlier the day of. So I try to do it as current as I can do it before the show goes up. And then I have a week to kind of digest everything again. And then we do the show again the next week uh, for that Friday again. So that's normally how it goes, depending on holidays and scheduling conflicts and, and personal things. So that's normally how it goes. I want to say like hours, hours after I posted the podcast, hundreds of you guys uh, had already listened, thousands had listened to it uh, in the week, and it co- I come back and Fizdale gets fired, like hours after the show goes out, and I'm thinking, wow, well now I, I, don't, I have a week to <laughs> kind of take things in a little bit, and of course, you know, you want that to break before the next show, and and things like that, but but it ended up playing out the way it did. That's how it works, you know. the The business waits for nobody in the NBA and in other sports. So when you want to fire a head coach, you fire a head coach, and the Knicks did that. Um, and listen, I, I think I come at it from from two ways. Before I get into Mike Miller and the last week for the Knicks and and the game on Wednesday and and, and things like that, I I I'll win, believe it or not. But I I want to dive into kind of just the ultimatum that not only the Knicks gave for David Fisdale, but they kind of gave themselves in that they didn't need to do that this early in the season, in my opinion, which was, again, it goes all the way back to that Chicago press conference with Perry and Mills coming out and, and basically saying that if David Fisdale can't get this team to win games, we'll get somebody else, essentially saying that. And it's just like, was that deserved for David Fisdale? And I don't think it was. I, I really don't. I'm on that. I I, I, I I almost want to die on that hill. I'm not going to let that one go because 
players have been improving. It's been getting better with individuals on the court. Yes, I get it. It's a wins and losses business. You have to win games. But with the team that was given to David Fisdale, there was a possibility this was going to happen. And I think it's harsh, not only for the ultimatum, but to fire Fisdale when they fired him is harsh on David Fisdale, in my opinion. Listen, 4-17 and 17 is 4-17, and 17, and now it's 5-20. and 20. I get that. They're the, they're the second worst team in the NBA behind the team they just beat in overtime on the road in the Golden State Warriors. A team that just went from literally the penthouse last five years to the cellar within a season. Now, they could go right back into the playoffs next year, depending on how things work out. They've had their injuries. But right now, Golden State is the worst team in the NBA. And the Knicks barely got over the hump in that game. I'll get to that in a little bit. But I I, I think that David Fisdale, I I, I think putting all the blame on him, listen, that's what happens. You you fire the coach. That's the uh, the most expendable piece on a sports roster in anywhere in the country or anywhere in the world it's it's how it goes you fire the coach first and and then you worry about the players you see it all over the world but it's one of those things where perry and mills built the team they spent what 70 million dollars in free agency and this is where you're at the most impressive players have been your draft picks And yes, Marcus Morris has been very good. He had 36 the other night. In the games the Knicks have won, he has been their best player for the most part. But it's one of those things where is Mike Miller for the next couple of weeks or until they get a full-time head coach, their next long-term head coach, really that big of a deal? Why not just let David Fisdale try to figure it out? And then when you have the replacement lined up, you fire David Fisdale. Because you, you see some of these performances that you've, that you've gotten from Mike Miller since he's took taken over. They look terrible against Denver. Now, to be fair, Mitchell Robinson played really well. I thought it was one of his best games of the season, specifically on the offensive end of the floor, and he almost had a double-double. But but they're very I, I don't what two are two other players were in double figures a, a, an embarrassing loss I know how good Denver is I don't want to hear it the Knicks got absolutely destroyed at the Garden by a team whose leading score had seventeen points I, they, <sighs> defensively the Knicks just didn't show up in that game. And listen, it's happened at times during the season, but that looked really, really bad. 129-92 was the final score, and your best score was off the bench. I thought thought Barrett was mediocre in the game. I thought Julius Randle was god-awful. Alfred Payton finally got into the mix, but was was not good in that game. Four turnovers and four points. You know, these are the things that you have to clean up on the defensive end. Again, Denver's Denver. I, I We know this. Come on. 
But that was an embarrassing performance. The Knicks almost pull a game out against the Pacers. Marcus Morris played well. He he had a game worthy enough to win the game for the Knicks. Julius Randle had a nice bounce back game, I thought, on both ends of the floor. I thought R.J. Barrett kind of... He was good, but not efficient again from the floor. Defensively, he he was all right. And the bench came through. Damian Dotson had a big 10 points off the bench. And another really good game from Mitchell Robinson offensively. And he had three blocks and two steals. Almost had a double-double again. So a decent, a solid week for Mitchell Robinson. But not many other guys played all that well i thought alfred payton started to really show me something in that pacer game nine and seven assists that's what you're looking for out of him so the knicks started to get their, their full complement of players back as well and you fire fizdale without knowing who the next long-term head coach is going to be i think that's harsh i really do i really do Obviously, listen, Randall misses a free throw with a tenth of a second to go. You got to make the shot. I'm not going to, you know, come on. I'm not going to dive into that. We, we know what the deal is there. Force overtime, make the free throw. And, and Randall, Randall has been struggling with his free throws all year on and off. He missed two free throws. Those points end up being the difference in the game. But listen, Barrett missed three free throws. Dennis Smith missed a free throw. So... He, the Knicks missed six free throws. They lose by a point. It's the NBA. You know, the Pacers missed three free throws as well. Like they, Free throw misses are going to happen. But it looks, you know, obviously, game-tying free throw, tenth of a second to go, you missed the free throw. Devastating loss for the Knicks. A game they probably, in my opinion, played well enough to win. Now listen, they hung around in that game for a long, long time. A long, long time. And just couldn't complete the comeback. And Indiana, a good team, a good team, comes out with a win that I think they really needed. You look at, you look at the Eastern Conference standings early stages of the season. Pacers could not afford to lose that game. So you give the Knicks credit for taking to the wire, but shoot yourself in the foot with a tenth of a second to go. And it's the self-destruct button for the Knicks. And then an even more embarrassing performance against the Trailblazers. A game the Knicks were never in. Weren't in that game for a second. And the Knicks lose their 10th straight game. Damian Lillard and the 10-15 and 15 Portland Trailblazers. It's a bounce-back game. It's a get-right game for them. But an embarrassing loss for the Knicks. We're never involved in that game. Never involved. Never in it. That's tough to take. That's tough to take for this Nick team. But it's you know these kind of performances have been mixed in all year. So my my only question is: Listen, Mike Miller, who by the way, you know, coaching pedigree. You look at his past. I was looking this up the other day. I was going through this with a couple of friends of mine who were reaching out. They thought it was Mike Miller, who was the former Heat guard, who was who was making three-pointers with one shoe on in the finals way back when, when LeBron and the Big Three were in Miami. And, and of course, Mike Miller, the other Mike Miller that everyone thought it was, 
is an assistant coach with, I believe, the Memphis Tigers. Not the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Tigers, who are uh, in college basketball. And, of course, Penny Hardaway is the head coach of that squad. Mike Miller actually played for the Memphis Grizzlies, if memory serves. But he's the assistant coach of the Memphis Tigers. So, no, not that Mike Miller. This is the Mike Miller that was an assistant at Western Illinois and Sam Houston State and Texas State and Kansas State, and UC Riverside. He was the head coach at Eastern Illinois for quite some time, and then got dismissed as the head coach back in 2012. And since he got let go, or moved on from his UC Riverside assistant job, he was an assistant for the Austin Toros, which I believe is in the Spurs organization, and then he's been the coach of the Westchester Knicks for the last four seasons, and then was an assistant with the Knicks this season and gets moved up to the interim job he was the g league coach of the year in 2018 for what that's worth so he's the interim coach okay i listen i'll say this i was it was nice to see the nick I, I stayed up so i was very happy that the knicks won but the first listen the first half they played really well defensively they were phenomenal i thought they they really came out and punched Golden State in the mouth in those first two quarters. And then, as I, as I kind of expected, the, you know, an 18-point halftime lead, too good to be true with the Knicks. It, it just is. A- anyone, anybody, anybody watching that game would tell you the Knicks were not holding on to that lead. Now, I still thought the Knicks would win the game in regulation. It's Golden State. But I, I did not expect it to go to overtime. Golden State chipped away and chipped away in the third. And they got over the top in the fourth because that third quarter was crucial. They took it from 18 down to 7 going into the fourth. That's a huge difference. If it was anywhere near the halftime score going into the fourth, the Knicks win that game in regulation. No question. But you know what? You give credit. There's still some talent on this Warriors team. D'Angelo Russell, who's who's been a Nick killer with the Nets, 32 points. That's that's the life of Golden State right now. Triple-double from Draymond Green. Glenn Robinson III, I think, had 17. And was it Alec Burks, I think, had 18 off the bench. And he, he just kept making big shots throughout the night. And I'll tell you what, they got some big shots down the stretch from Russell. He made some big threes in the third and the fourth. Golden State claws their way back in the game. And D'Angelo Russell makes the shot that sends it to overtime. Knicks to be fair to them in overtime, did just about enough. They did just about enough to deserve to get the win. And to be honest with you, Alfred Payton made a big shot in that overtime period. I thought uh, Julius Randle made a big, big shot as well. And the Knicks kind of used their aggressiveness. They got to the free throw line in the overtime period. That ended up being the difference. The Knicks built up a five-point lead, late stages of overtime. 
and a couple of late threes, I believe from Glenn Robinson the third, ended up being the you know, ended up being too little too late. So the Knicks defensively did just about enough, and the Knicks offense, you know, it's about getting to the free throw line in the end, of course. It hurts them the it hurts them against Indiana. The Knicks make uh make twenty six of thirty four free throws. They miss eight. They actually missed more in this game, but they still find a way to win. So Free throws are always big, but again, you know, it doesn't always ma- it doesn't always match up. So it's 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 more about I think the defensive effort on the defensive end of the floor. It was better in this game. It's a bad against a worse team. To be fair, Golden State stinks. They're the worst team in the NBA now, five and twenty-one. The Knicks have a half game better record at five and twenty. It was an important win. I I enjoyed the cele- celebrations in the locker room for Mike Miller, his first. NBA head coaching win. Good for him, man. It takes some coaches, some great, great, great coaches never get to experience an NBA win as a head coach. So to get to do that, that's a big deal. But, you know, long term, this doesn't mean a whole lot. And in my opinion, David Fisdale got a real raw deal. He really did. Like many Nick head coaches, some got rawer deals than others. David Fisdale, I, I, I think, signed up for a long-term project, and then once the front office put ridiculous expectations on that project, they blame not themselves, but they blame the head coach. So here we are again. Here's the silver lining, and it's not much of one, to be fair. According to the Athletics... Shams Charania. I, I I always butcher that guy's name. I apologize. Uh, I don't remember how to pronounce it. But Shams, I'm going to stick to Shams. Shams on the Athletic, who to be fair, does fantastic work. So I should know his last name, but everyone just calls him Shams these days. So I just I I can get I can get Adrian Wojnarowski, but I can't get Shams' last name. Regardless. The Knicks coaching job has got some insight to it now. And I like what I'm hearing, but I I don't like what I'm hearing. <laughs> Go back and forth on this. So the Knicks apparently, according to Shams, want Mike Miller to finish the season as the interim head coach. Right off the bat. Right off the bleeping bat. My my only question is why? Why why'd you fire Fisdale then? You're giving up on the season. You're giving up on the plan. Twenty five games in. Then why did why did you even hire Fisdale to begin with? And I said this five shows ago. What was the point? If you showed all that patience with him last year. Yes, I get it. You spent $70 million. But but it's not even 2020 and you're firing him. Then you were then in my opinion, you were never going to give him the time that it was going to take to be the good to be a good head coach with the Knicks. You weren't going to do it. So why'd you give it to him in the first place? Why? What was the point? You just wasted everybody's time. 
You wasted your time, you wasted my time, you wasted David Fisdale's time, and more importantly, you wasted the player's time. No point in doing that. I gotta take a break here. When I come back, more on the Fisdale stuff. And who's gonna be the next Nick coach? It's not Mike Miller, clearly. But who's it gonna be after this season? on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Well, we have to live with Mike Miller, apparently, for the rest of the season. Uh, A ridiculous decision, in my opinion, by Perry and Mills. Here's the deal, though. Uh, I liked what I heard from Shams after that initial statement. So Mike Miller's going to finish the season. Oh, boy. That opens up a whole can of worms for me. However, according to Shams, the Knicks have a short list of potential in-season candidates, including Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, and Tom Thibodeau. Should the team's faltering season necessitate another move? Okay, that's a little bit different now. Now, I don't know if any of those guys would take the job, But that makes a lot more sense than letting Mike Miller finish the season. So essentially you're saying two different things. Mike Miller's going to finish the season. Done. Dusted. He's a coach for the rest of the year. He'll be the interim coach and we'll see what happens. But the second part, the next sentence is if the Knicks, basically paraphrasing, if the Knicks have another bad stretch, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, Tom Thibodeau, will be options. The latter makes a lot more sense than the former. I don't know if any of those guys want the job, but Miller knows what he has signed up for here. And apparently, the Knicks are going to keep an open mind about possibly hiring Miller long-term throughout the remainder of the season and, you know, obviously maybe further down the line. So basically, they're keeping their options open. That's okay. But why didn't you just keep your options open and keep Fisdale? Let Fisdale try to figure this out. It's his team that you built together. Why should Mike Miller take over? What has Mike Miller done? I know it's you'll say, oh, it's what Fisdale didn't do. He developed the young players. Guys are getting better. It's not his fault the Knicks spent the $70 million in the wrong place and couldn't get Kyrie or Kevin Durant. It's not Fisdale's fault. It's Perry and Mills' fault. And David Fisdale, yes, 4-17 and 17 is, not, is a terrible record, but I, but I thought a lot of the guys were getting along, or getting, getting well along development-wise under Fisdale's tutelage. And of course, here we are, Four games into Mike Miller's tenure. What the heck's happened to Frank Nilakina? What the heck's happened to him? He's been terrible. The last week, a little over a week, Frank Nilakina has been terrible for the Knicks. And now all of a sudden, Alfred Payton is starting to emerge. Here we go again. Dennis Smith's still not playing well. Now the guard, you know, it's, it's two parts here. 
maybe David Fisdale did quite a bit for Frank Nilakina here. Or it's the second option, which is, hey, all my Frank Nilakina fanboys out there, fanboys and girls. This is the problem with Frank Nilakina. He's inconsistent. Woefully inconsistent. He'll have an amazing week or two stretch. And then you have this, where he's been a ghost that Sam Darnold can't see for the last week. Come on now. Not good. A little bit more from Shams. And from Frank Isola as well. Apparently, Steve Mills and Scott Perry are under fire. Their seat is growing hotter, according to Frank Isola. This is actually from early last week. But for now, according to Shams, they will stay in their current positions in the front office for the time being. But now there's even an ultimatum on them. They got to start putting things back in gear. So that might have also led to the firing of Fisdale. Keep that in mind as well. Although, in my opinion, that's even more unfair. Even more unfair to Fisdale. If Perry and Mills are being pressured by James Dolan to make something happen, firing the coach, yeah, it's the first thing, but once again, here we are. More problems in the Knicks front office and making questionable decisions, to say the least. Here's the apparently the tagline for what the Knicks want for their next head coach. Shams reports it is, quote-unquote, someone who has the stature and ability to have success in the New York market. Here's the rest of the statement. Quote, the Knicks and the pressure that comes with the franchise bring a heightened level of daily scrutiny. And current Knicks officials have a profile for their new hire being able to lean on prior success and experience in the New York market. To be fair, their shortlist has three guys that likely check that box off. Jeff Van Gundy, who's done this before and had a lot of success. Mark Jackson, who laid the groundwork for those Golden State Warrior teams that won those championships. And Tom Thibodeau, who, in different spells with the Bulls and the Timberwolves, has been a solid NBA head coach, despite coming under scrutiny for playing players too much and for not exactly having a lot of success in the playoffs. Although he does get there. So it's a really good shortlist to have. I just don't know who who, who out of those three would be interested in the job. And that's the big problem with the whole that the Knicks have dug for themselves. That's the bottom line. The Knicks have dug themselves the hole. They know they can't get out of it. And instead of trying to figure it out with the head coach that they thought they were, not only they thought they were, you know, all the public persona with Fisdale, Perry, and Mills was that we're in this as a team. All three of us together, we got the, we got everything in place. We've got the coach and we've got the guys in the front office. We're on the same page. 
long-term project. We're going to see this out together. You gave Fizdale last year. He gave you 17 wins with a really bad roster. So the Knicks said, you know what? We're going to go for the big free agents. We're going to go for Kevin Durant. We're going to go for Kyrie Irving. We might even go for Kawhi Leonard. You whiffed on all of them. So you had to backtrack. You had to spend the money on something. And to be fair, you gave good manageable contracts for the future. But for this season, you had to realize that, yes, despite bringing in Julius Randle to score 20 points a game last season, to Marcus Morris, who we know can be a stud on his best days, and you bring in Taj Gibson and Bobby Portis, and you draft R.J. Barrett, and you draft Iggy Brasdakis, you had to know that this was going to take some time. I know 25 games is a big sample size, but this is an 82-game season. David Fisdale was due more than 25 games this season. I'm not saying he was due the whole season. He wasn't. The Knicks had to improve from 17 wins. They had to. But if it plays out that it was just 25 games for Fisdale and then you let Mike Miller manage out the rest of the season then why did you fire Fisdale this year? And my God, why the hell did you even hire him in the first place? You even sh- you shipped us a load of BS and you shipped Fisdale a load of BS as well. And the Knicks front office, once again, cannot hold themselves accountable. David Fisdale, I will even go as far to say, lived up to his end of the bargain. He developed the young players. He was continuing to do that. The coaching staff saw the development. The players loved playing for him. They weren't winning games. And I get that that in the end is the be-all, end-all. But what you didn't give yourself the best chance in the first place, that's on you. That's not on Coach Fisdale. That's the bottom line. Coach Fisdale got a raw deal. And now, you're back at square one. You're back at square one again, 25 games in to the regular season. And we are basically two weeks away from having this season yet again thrown away. You've almost done it already. Because if Mike Miller is the coach, if we get to the All-Star break, And if we get to, God forbid, April 15th in Minnesota, the final game of the regular season, and Mike Miller, Mike Miller, who was coaching the G League a season ago, is the head coach of the New York Knicks interim or, God forbid, permanent. I'm going to lose it, man. I am going to lose it. If the short list is not implemented, if one of those three guys is not the next head coach of the Knicks, specifically for next year, but really even this year, because that's two different things. You could play it two ways here. If Mike Miller is still the coach by the end of this season, why the hell couldn't you just give him Fizdale the year? Why? What was the point? 
You really didn't have any faith in him then, did you? You didn't have that much faith in him if you only gave him 25 games. What the heck's Mike Miller going to do that David Fisdale hasn't already done? Come on. So that's the question to the short to the short term hire one of those three guys right now. But my god, if we are at the end of the season and we aren't hearing reports that t- that t- Tom Thibodeau or Mark Jackson or Jeff Van Gundy isn't in talks to become the next Knicks head coach. Oh my god. I I, I mean what are the Knicks going to do? What are they going to do? Because not only will you have given up on the season, but now, what is the future looking like for the franchise of the Knicks? Because now you're going to be in big trouble. You're going to be in really big trouble. Because now you not only fired the guy you were going to trust to get you through the next two years, last year and this year, and you were expecting hopefully beyond that, if he did, if he had done well enough last year, and then you were hoping really for this year. If that wasn't good enough, and then you don't get the guys on the short list, what the hell are you going to do now? What are you going to do, give Mike Miller the job permanently? Hire David Blatt? Now what? What are you going to do now? Sue Bird? Is that who's next? Who's it going to be? This is another in a long line of classic cover your rear end moves by the Knicks. And I don't think they know what they're going to do next. I really don't think they know. I really don't think that they know. And that That on top of it is the most frightening part of the end of this regular season. And there's a long way to go. There's a long way to go for this Knicks team this season. What are they going to do, man? Here's the first question. What's going to be acceptable to keep Mike Miller in the job? How many games does he have to win? If David Fisdale could only win four games in 21 for the Knicks, how many is Mike Miller expected to win before you look in a different direction, hopefully, to that short list? What what does the Knicks record have to be when we're opening up presents on Christmas Day? What does it have to be at the All-Star break? I mean, what 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 could it be? I don't even know. When are the Knicks going to win another game? They were lucky to beat Golden State, the worst team in the NBA, not named the New York Knicks. When's the next win for Mike Miller? And that comes back to this. If Mike Miller loses the next 10 games for the Knicks, which is very possible, are those people on the shortlist going to want the job? You want them, but do they want you? Because as we've seen in the past, many popular Nick targets that everyone thinks could be slam dunks for the Knicks end up going off and coaching elsewhere and doing a much better job with much better players. 
Steve Kerr, for example, who they just played last night, is an NBA champion now as a player and as a coach. Could have been the Nick coach under Phil Jackson. Man, did he make the right decision. Holy smokes. It, it is not a good time to be a New York Knicks fan. It is not a good time right now. I don't know when the next next win is coming from. I don't know when the next coach is coming from. Heck, at this point, who's going to be the next front office? What are they going to do with Perry and Mills if the Knicks lose 10 more games in a row? What are they going to do? The Knicks are on the verge of starting from scratch yet again. And, as always, really only have themselves to blame. Perry and Mills pulling the early trigger. Whether they got pressured from the ownership or not, they should have known. They're, they are smarter than that. And again, this trust that apparently was there between Fisdale and Perry and Mills clearly didn't mean a whole lot when you give him 25 games. Absolutely ridiculous. It really is. And on top of this, this is the thing that worries me the most. Are we going to still see the development going forward with this Knicks team that we've seen under David Fisdale? We've already seen Frank Nilakina have an awful week. Now, the good news is that Alfred Payton has stepped up. He's played well. But what's going to happen with Dennis Smith? What's going to happen with R.J. Barrett? What's going to happen with Kevin Knox? Is Mitchell Robinson going to keep going down the right path? I don't know if Mike Miller's the guy to keep these guys going down the right path from a development standpoint. And you just fired the guy that had developed them the last year plus for most of those guys. That's a scary thought. The only positives from this next season have come from the development of the players that David Fisdale has been a part of. Now that he's gone and Mike Miller is in charge, does that continue? I, I That would be the biggest problem of all of this in the short term is that we start to see progress go in the opposite direction for the young guys, for the up-and-coming guys, and more importantly, for the guys we thought we were seeing promise in earlier this season. Remember the last Q&A we had on this show? People were listing the most positive things about the Knicks season so far. It's been R.J. Barrett. It's been Mitchell Robinson. It's been Frank Nilakina. It's been, at times, Kevin Knox. Well, what, what, what? Why do you think that was happening? Yeah, they're talented kids, but clearly David Fisdale had something to do with that. And here we are. He's no longer steering this ship. Is Mike Miller going to continue the development of these players? I have no bleeping idea. Scary, scary stuff for the New York Knicks right now. And again, there's some glimmer of hope out there 
that Mark Jackson or Jeff Van Gundy or Tom Thibodeau actually want to coach this team. I, I mean, why would you buy that? Just because Perry and Mills want them doesn't mean they want to be the coach of the Knicks. Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson, need I remind you, are getting paid millions of dollars to commentate on the NBA games for ESPN and for the NBA Finals on ESPN and ABC. Tom Thibodeau, is he that desperate for a coaching job that he wants the Knicks? I have no idea. I guess we'll find out. But until then, just enjoy the holiday season, folks. Enjoy it with your family, your friends, however you like to enjoy it. But it is not looking good right now for the Knicks, and they only have themselves to blame. All right, folks, that ends this week's podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure that you go onto iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review positively. We'd love to get five stars and a rating and a review from you guys. We much appreciate it. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter at SJ7 on Twitter. And make sure you leave a comment and a thought on the podcast by sharing it or just commenting on the bottom on postingandtoasting.com. And on top of that, have a great holiday season. Enjoy it. And I will see you guys next time on the Shock Jock Knicks Podcast.